I've done so many random adventures and moved to so many countries that it's all just started with no fear and just kind of what's the worst that can happen that it's always the start of a really good story if anything it is cozy but when we also didn't have like a shower or a proper toilet or anything it, yeah there's a lot of logistics and when it's a blizzard and you need to go out and you need to empty a you know a bucket of pee do, do you want to do that no but do you have a choice no <laughs> That was the voice of Miss Svalbard herself, Cecilia Blomdahl. She lives on an Arctic island close to the North Pole. And today, her and I are gonna dive deep into what it's actually like to live in such a challenging environment. My name is Kalle Flodin, and you're listening to My True North. It's a podcast where I sit down and talk to fascinating individuals that have been brave enough to go after what they truly want out of life, following their true north. But let's dive into the episode. Then I say hi and welcome to Cecilia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. Yeah, two Swedes on an English podcast. <laughs> this is the first time I'm meeting you. Yeah, it is. This is, I would say this in almost every podcast. This is a very weird thing for me where I get to meet people, kind of meet people, um, where I watch on YouTube, like I feel like I know them, but I don't at all uh, on a personal level. So that's a really weird thing. When we just started this Zoom call, you and I we were like, hi. How is everything? It just felt completely normal from the start. It is such a strange thing because you've watched these people for a few years and you've seen like their lives and then you meet them. It is just like you're saying, it's like seeing an old friend, even though we don't know each other. <laughs> no, it's really weird. It's something called parasocial relationship. Really? Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's a whole whole term. So people feel like they know you, but they don't actually. And that's especially you and I creators or people like us that share our lives basically because then they connect to us on a very different level compared to say a, a review channel or something yeah, they don't true. share their life in the same way true i always notice that when i meet people because they will come up to me and they'll be like oh my god hi and everybody forgets to introduce themselves and i yeah. always realize this after i'm like oh no i don't know your name but you would never think of it because in and it's the same if i would meet you i would know you as Kalle. so i'd be like you yeah. know me you know yeah, so I always exactly. try to remind them. I'm like, what's your name? You know, hi. Yeah. <laughs> but for people listening who have never seen you or never heard about you, can you introduce yourself a bit? Yes. So my name is Cecilia and I live on an island close to the North Pole. So I live on Svalbard, which is far up north. We have polar bears here, uh, also extreme seasons. And I basically make videos about my life here. I've been here for seven years almost now in November. So that feels oh, wow. it's been quite that long. Crazy. Yes, time flies. Yeah. I was supposed to stay for three months. Everybody says this. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved out yeah. here. I'm like, oh, this is exciting. You know, I'll be out of here soon. Never left. Still here. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So what got you to stay? Oh, that It's so crazy because when I grew up, I thought I would live in a city. I would work in a hotel. And, you know, wherever I moved, I never really fit in. I never felt like, oh, this is nice. This is my home. And then I land in Longyearbyen on a dark November day. It's polar night, so there's no light. You can see nothing. You can it's dark for 24-7. And I'm like, wow, this is exciting. And for some <laughs> reason, I just decide that this is, this is my home. This is where I fit in. And it's just strange. If I look at my life, I would have never thought I would end up here. But I guess it's the nature and the people. And, you know, it's just a very much of an adventure. What was your plan to do there for those three months to begin with? I started working at a restaurant, so I was a booking manager, and it was I was just coming up to you know have fun, do something different for a while. I was living in Gothenburg at the time after moving around for a while, and I just kind of felt like I just need an adventure again. But I never thought you know that it would be a permanent adventure. Yeah, <laughs> but it ended up being a <laughs> yeah, permanent adventure. Yes. But of all places on the planet, why Svalbard? I hadn't even heard of it at the time. So seven years ago, I think people didn't speak about Svalbard. I never heard the name. I didn't know that there was, you know, a Norwegian island with polar bears. And then I had some mutual friends from where I worked go to Svalbard. For some reason, we were a whole Swedish Gothenburg team at this place. Because, you know, people recruit each other. You know, one person left and they found it amazing. And then the friends followed. And I was one of those. <laughs> so I just kind of followed along. And I was like, okay, I'll come for a few, you know, months. And I work here. And that's just how I ended up there. It's all by chance, really. And just kind of going for it. Oh, that's so cool. Like, going for it can lead to so many weird and amazing. And yeah. yeah. 
weird situations. Yeah, it's probably my biggest thing in life. I've done so many random adventures and moved to so many countries that it's all just started with no fear and just kind of what's the worst that can happen, you know, and also the privilege of being able to travel like we can. But it's always the start of a really good story, if anything. So how would you, you explain it a bit, but how would you explain a person, uh, to a person that never been on Svalbard before? What's the like, the, not just like there is polar bears and pears and um, Nordic lights and everything, but what is the, the feeling of the place? Does that Ooh. make sense? So the islands, like some quick history I think you'd need. The island is governed by Norway and Longyearbyen was founded by an American man hundred years ago. So in 190 something. So it's a very new town, I would say. And before there is no indigenous population here. So nobody lived here before. And I think that's quite important too, because it means that nobody is from Svalbard. Everybody has moved here. Ah, so yeah. Interesting. So you can also not give birth here anymore. So you could before, but that also means again, that nobody is born here. So nobody really is from Svalbard. So in the village that kind of creates a place where everybody has moved to, it's their own choice to be here, which is in many ways great because there's such a huge appreciation for this place. Everybody who lives here has chosen to do so. So it's not like you walk around and everybody feels like, oh, I should be somewhere else because you could easily go somewhere else because nobody's from here. <laughs> so it's That's this cool. just, yeah, it's this wonderful village with very enthusiastic people who love Svalbard and the crazy life that comes with it. So it creates this cool community of just, you know, pretty happy people, I would say. Of course, we have our struggles, but it's in a very different way than on the mainland. It's a very chilled life where focus is a lot put on nature and exploring. I mean, we only have like 60 kilometers of road. So the only way to get out of the village is either by boat or by snowmobile. So if you actually want to experience Svalbard, you know, you have to kind of get out there and be in nature, which is terrifying and amazing at the same time. <laughs> the best combination ever. <laughs> I love to be terrified and excited. <laughs> yeah. So it really oh, so is. Yeah. No, just wondering about the baby thing you uh, you said that like, are people not allowed to have babies or is it just because there is no hospital? We have a hospital, but they don't have the right resources. So they will send you to the mainland one month before you're giving birth. And what's also cool, since what I love about Scandinavia is our healthcare. So Nor Norway will actually pay for you to go somewhere else for a month. So if you go to the mainland, they'll pay for everything for that month to make sure you're set up and, you know, can give birth to your child and then come back. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think to other countries, that sounds crazy. Crazy, like right? Like if you yeah. compare to the US or something. Isn't it? But also since it is, what's also kind of crazy about here, you have to have a mainland address. So nobody is also, you don't register as anything here. We're just living here and working. Nobody can be Svalbardian. So you can also not become Norwegian by living here. So this is kind of like a free man's island. There's It's visa free. Uh, everybody on the Svalbard Treaty can start a business. So it's it's a very different kind of village. You come here if you want to start a business, go ahead. You know, if you want to come here and live, sure. <laughs> Everybody's invited. Well, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, very open place, it sounds like. Yeah, it's. I think we have 40 different nationalities here. And that's like 50% of the population. I mean, we're only 2,400 people, so not a lot of people, but a lot of different nationalities. Yeah. But I was wondering, you said it was about 100 years, 100 years old. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm um, so, do oh, you know any history now, about... Sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's close to 100 at least. Yeah. Uh, but I said wrong. the person that came, came there the first time, was it an American, you said? Yeah, his name was uh, John Munro Longyear. I always thought the name Longyearbyen came from it being, you know, a long year. But his name is fitting. So his, his name was Longyear. What are, what are the odds? Yeah, so it was a coal mining village. That's what it was built on. Ah, here. that's where yeah. it started. Okay, because that was my question. Like, he must have had some kind of idea. Exactly, why are you here? So in the beginning, I think it was a lot of hunting, like polar bears. And I know people came from Russia and things to hunt here because there was so much, you know, polar bear pelts at that time sold for I don't know how much. But then they came here and built it up as a coal mining village. So in the beginning, it was like a company town. You only came here and you worked. And then there was nothing outside of that work. Everybody ate at the same place. Everybody lived at the same place. And then it kind of just evolved. We still have one active mine, but you know, they're trying to move over to, I guess, cleaner resources. But 
I think also they made a shift to go into educate, like not education, but more tourism and well, I guess science also to sustain the village. So it's not like it's not mainly a coal mining town anymore, but it really was up until you know a decade ago or so. So how far is it from Norway, the coast? I think it's I think it's a thousand kilometers to Tromsø, northern Norway. Mm, okay. Something like that, because it's a one hour, and then it's like a thousand kilometers to go to the North Pole. So we're like right in the middle. Mm, if I okay. yeah, wow. so it's a three-hour direct flight from Oslo. It's quite easy to get. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you sound like um, uh, almost like a Your tourist guide. guide. If you I fly, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> so much information I've just gathered. But I feel like Svalbard, yeah, but it is a very unique place. So. Yeah, it really is, and it's so difficult to. I think people think it's like a small town, but it's so different from what would be a regular small town, since you know nobody really lives here for that long. So it's more kind of like a little, I don't know, people come and go. I call it a resort town. <laughs> ah, clever. It feels yeah, like that, people that just, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but are you planning on staying permanently? I generally don't make those kind of plans in my life. No, <laughs> it goes with the got that feeling. <laughs> yeah, it kind of just goes with the adventure of it all. So I will be here indefinitely. My boyfriend and I, we bought this cabin um, what, like three years ago now, and we've renovated it a bit and made it a bit more modern because we didn't have any running water or uh, yeah, basic amenities like plumbing and stuff. So now we put in a closed water system so we can shower because that's nice. So we love living here though. It feels absolutely unreal to be able to wake up and look out your window and seven glaciers are there. You know, it's Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. I think I've never ever experienced this kind of daily contentment that I do here where I wake up every day and I just feel very lucky to be somewhere like this. So it's difficult to imagine somewhere else, you know? I can totally get that. Sometimes I forget how lucky I am. Like being here in the forest as well like sometimes I forget it and the way I remember it is when I have visitors like when they just walk around on our you know gravel road or something they're like oh it's yeah. so amazing here I was like <laughs> oh yeah you're right it's kind of beautiful <laughs> because it gets Yours so, you so know, normal in the middle of the forest yeah true but I feel up here I never get over it after seven years I'm still ooing and awing over everything I just had a friend visit and my first friend in seven years I don't even know why <laughs> so I, I've been kind of protective of my space. I'm like, I don't know if I can let somebody into this, you know? Oh, yes. You get it? Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a weird thing. I'm very picky. It's... Thank you. Because people are like, why don't you have more people? I'm like, it doesn't really work like that. This is my favorite space in the world. Like, how am I supposed to, t like, it's so much. It means so much to me. So I had her visit now and it was exhilarating, I could say, showing her everything and just kind of seeing it through her eyes. Because I'm like, she gets it, you know? This is, it, it is amazing. <laughs> so she's going to yeah. move there as well now? <laughs> she said, a friend commented on our photo, and she said, are you moving there? She's, she said, I've mentally already sold everything I own. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that says a lot. Yeah. I thought that was very funny. I was like, yes, you're welcome. Move in. <laughs> so how long did you live like more simply, like without the running water and everything in the cabin before you renovated it? For about over a year, I think. And also, I didn't even think about it at that time. I went into the village 15 minutes only to drive to go to the gym to take a shower if I needed one. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, so it was, you know how you just, if you like where you are and you find it rewarding, you don't care. That's kind of what it was. It, it, there was so much hard work and there is kind of living like this, but it doesn't matter because it's all just rewarding. So I yeah, find everything the benefits very are way exciting. Bigger. Exactly. So we lived in this teeny tiny cabin. We made it twice as big. It was quite a small space, but definitely big enough for us. You know, it was fine. But then we decided, you know what, if we're going to stay here, we're going to just extend the cabin to make it a bit more comfortable and to make it our dream home. Because why not? You know, we had the means to do so. So we just decided to go for it. I'm very happy we did. Now it's literally a dream. Like every day, it's just... Oh, I love that. It looks here. so cozy. Like when I just watched your stories this morning with the um, with the fireplace and everything. Like it is a, uh, like a very simple cabin, but as you said, in a more modern touch. Yeah, exactly. So we just try to make it a bit still very neutral in Scandinavian. Like people are, where are all the colors? I'm like, no, my brain cannot <laughs> take colors in a house. You know, I need a very clean slate to wake up to. So the creativity goes somewhere else. You know, do you know what I mean? You need like an easy space around you sometimes. 
I can get a panic attack when I'm visiting my mom. She has every <laughs> single square centimeter like covered with something like a small oh painting or a little cup or, you know, like <laughs> decorating. She loves yeah, it. I could she, never. It makes her really happy. But for me, I like I can almost not breathe in that. So. Exactly. I feel like you're either or. Either you love clutter, which I could also see. But for me, I don't put any, you know, of my feelings into clutter. I think it's more open space for me. The less, the better. What was the hardest thing to get used to when you moved there? Because I guess the transition was quite big from where you were before. I think definitely the seasons. And then, I mean, it's just very different. When I walk my dog, I need to bring a shotgun with me every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. It's, it's very, and that has just become so normal to me that I, you know, put my jacket on, put my dog leash on, and then strap on my shotgun on my back. <laughs> And that's also, if you don't know, it's for the polar bears. Polar bears can be very dangerous. Well, they are very dangerous. So since they live all over the island, I could run into one and I basically just need to, if I might need to save my life. That's the only reason we have it. We're not allowed to shoot them. There will be an investigation if you do, but there's like one way out of a polar bear attack and that's a gun. Otherwise there will be no more of me. <laughs> yeah, they're hunters. So, so yeah, they see us as prey, I guess. So, because they have no other enemies, not enemies, what's it called? They have no other threats in the world. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. But so what was the question? <laughs> what was the hardest thing to get used to? I think that was the oh, okay. original uh, question. Original question. Definitely the seasons, I think. We have four months of midnight sun, which we have now. And I think that is brutal. And then we have two and a half months of complete darkness, which is polar night, which I love. It's like Christmas every day for two and a half months. Yeah. <laughs> but then in January, you slowly deteriorate and it gets really hard. <laughs> so it's all, you know, every season has its good up and down. But I'd say the seasons are what probably breaks most, most people here. They're so extreme. So like if it's light, it's like constant light. And if it's dark, it's just pitch black. Yeah. And it's crazy. But it's also interesting to see what people like the most. You can tell a lot of a people, like of a person to see what seasons they like and how they cope. Because it really does tell you a lot about your personality. For me, since I have a lot of energy, for some reason, the midnight sun doesn't work with me because it's too much. You know, I can never go to bed. I have a really hard time finding the cozy in my life. I find that it's too much. But then when it's polar night, it speaks to my soul, you know? I can drink coffee all the time <laughs> in front of the fire, you know? Yeah. Every day, every moment is just cozy, <laughs> so. And that makes it also easier, I guess, now when you have the cabin more fixed and everything, like it's more modern and you can relax more in your home. I know that uh, Christina, my girlfriend, is, that's her, I don't want to say an issue, but her yeah, maybe issue with the cabin right now because it's uninsulated. Uh, we have no running water, so there's no toilet, no shower. Um, so winter can be cozy, but it can also be very draining in the amount of time you need to put in. We have a shower like 15 minutes away as well. Uh, and I have the gym in town that's half an hour away. Uh, I usually take showers out on the lawn and sometimes <laughs> I go for the shower as well. But yeah. her long hair, wintertime minus 35, you know, it's it's not fun and i totally get that yeah that sounds you guys are very off grid like yeah not off grid, grid since we're technically oh, on the grid yeah we have electricity but we uh, have no running water i'd say that's semi off grid definitely yeah exactly but i've learned that using the term off grid when you're not off grid is not allowed i um, heard that as well because i put it in one of my videos <laughs> and i didn't know i thought like still i thought we were still off grid but no apparently not <laughs> no 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 if you have a line somewhere then you're definitely you're on the, the grid, grid. <laughs> yeah oh good to know good to know but yeah it can yeah it's as nice as it is isn't nice <laughs> does that make sense you know living in a cabin yeah, absolutely it is cozy but when we also didn't have like a shower or proper toilet or anything it, yeah there's a lot of logistics and when it's a blizzard and you need to go out and you need to empty a you know a bucket of pee do, yeah. do you want to do that no but do you have a choice no no exactly it's yeah. the brutal truth so we're very happy that we have a bit of a modern touch to this now but then it is also like you say we have to think we live on Svalbard everything is very expensive so we would never afford to have a non-insulated cabin because we don't have any trees here so our fi firewood is imported so we have to start looking at, okay, what system can we have? We can't rely on having an open fire because that costs too much money. And where would we get the wood? What happens if the wood stops shipping, you know? So we had to really plan. 
And also like, what we do, do we do with our deck? Can we put a nice staircase here? Probably not because that would make it very accessible for polar bears, you know? Oh yeah, that's true. So you have to like think about these random small things that it's, it's fun, but it's also, well, it is exciting. It is, that's kind of why you live up here. It's also why you live in a cabin, I guess. It's part of the whole thing. The struggles are also interesting, you know? Yeah, it is like, and I enjoy a bit of what do you want to call like uh, resistance, almost like oh, I can I get almost a bit. It sounds weird, maybe, but not to you. Excited. But uh, I get exactly. I I want if it's too convenient, I almost get bored. Um, it's nothing there to push me. Uh, here I have like um, a few of my friends ask like, "You're still in really good shape, but you're not running that much anymore." I used to run a lot before, like ultra marathons and stuff, uh, and they're like. How do you still like in so good shape? I was like, well, like just this lifestyle is, you know, quite demanding. And we have the Huskies and that's several hours a day just walking. Um, so enough, having yeah. the lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is like, I like that. But of course, I can really look forward to having the cabin. We are building out the cabin hopefully next year, depending on how much it's going to cost. The cabin itself, this one we're living in now costs, oh, how do you translate that? Like... Uh, 280,000 Swedish crowns. That would be like $30,000. Yeah, exactly. It's almost straight over now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and oh, But the build out is, yeah. would almost cost like uh, $100,000, I think, ish. Like, yeah, I was going to say it's like three times as much. It's crazy. <laughs> so like, oh, I bought the cheap cabin. But if I want to fix it, it's going to cost yeah, way, 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 way more. A lot of money. But I bet you anything, you're going to be the same as me, that now that the cabin is done, I'm just like, what is my next project, you know? Yeah, you know, I'm like, <laughs> exactly. Am I done? Like, yes, this, well, last week I went on a crazy cleaning spree and I cleaned under the house and, you know, everything. Just like you said, you need a good challenge. That is what I enjoy in this. Like, I love that it's difficult in winter. I love that we have to take our snowmobiles down with, you know, our sleds and everything on it. It's it's what makes it exciting. I don't know. I've never really been into the nine to five doing a regular job. I've done it. It was great, but it just wasn't very rewarding for me. So what other people might see as not rewarding for them, like this crazy lifestyle, it really is just so individual. And for me, I love it. <laughs> yeah, but as you said, I don't think you can actually understand if you like it or not until you're there, because Svalbard, I'm guessing, is a very like, you have to be there to get it almost. Yeah, definitely. To feel the vibe of the village and just to see. Yeah, I think you have to experience it. Also because it's nature that is unlike many other places. Yeah, there are glaciers and everything, but here it is so raw, you know, and real. I know that I've, in the beginning, when I posted photos on Instagram, people were kind of like, yeah, but what about behind you? How many people are standing there? And it's me on a glacier. I'm like, no, no, I'm 60 kilometers away from the village. I took my snowmobile with my boyfriend and there's no one here. You know, it's almost unreal to people that th this could be so untouched. And it is. And that's the charm of up here. And I yeah, think... But you've seen those like... Oh, sorry for interrupting. But you've seen those like Instagram reels where there's like... Um, Instagram and they sh shoot this like, like a glacier or like beach or something and you're completely alone and then they just turn the camera 180 degrees and like 3,000 people just waiting <laughs> yeah. in line to get their shot. Yes, yeah, so I'm like I'm not even surprised that people would expect that but it is kind of sad at the same time but I mean it is the way it is. It's, it's difficult to find places like this and to be able to live here or travel here so I do get it but that's why it's so special also. It is very real, you know, it, there isn't, what I, what we show, well, what I show on my YouTube is basically how it is. You know, I just chuck up my camera at any moment and you're seeing what I'm seeing, you know? <laughs> but people moving there, like, how common is it that people move away back to the uh, mainland again? The average, it's so funny, I've Googled all of these because I've made so many videos now that I've had to, you know, find the proper information, which is really fun. So I found out that the average person stays here for two years. Okay, wow. So it is, and I can attest to people moving away a lot. There is, that's also what I love about the village, the influx of people. People come and go all the time. For a high season of winter, there can be 300 new people moving to the island for the jobs that then leave or switch out with other people. So there's also quite a lot of families here. So I would say those are the ones that stay here for maybe a little longer, but many people just move here to do a job for three years, you know, on a contract or something, and then they leave again and they just, you know, happy with their adventure, 
which is fun for the village. What is a normal seasonal job if people want to come there and just work a few months? I would say definitely a bartender or working at the hotels or in the summer. There's a lot of boats that come up here, so they will do just a season. But during high season and yeah, also snowmobile guides, anything that's an activity that you would do because they would then in the summer not have a job and then they would go somewhere else. So guiding and things like that. Is it a lot of a lot of uh, tourism as well? Yeah, there's quite a lot now. It's a main industry, I would say not the main one, but definitely a big one. So we have during high season here is like February till May, because that's when we have our winter, our proper winter. So minus 30 degrees, you know, snow and beautiful. And that's when we have a like it will be fully booked a year in advance. Every single hotel room. Oh, wow. Yes, because we don't have that many. We do have a couple of hotels, but that's also what's good. There's a very clear limit on how many people can visit. There's only so many rooms. But otherwise it would be so, what do you call it, used, you know, like the... Yeah, and it would just smack up hotels all over the coastline and then you will have just a tourist spot. Yeah, I hope that never happens. Right now there's very much regulations put in place to kind of keep Svalbard beautiful and untouched. So hopefully they find, you know, a reasonable limit of what is regulations and what, you know, allows locals to do stuff. Yeah, of course. um, That's a tricky balance. Yeah, it's a tricky balance, definitely. And we're noticing because we have some perks as locals, we can go to different areas that you can't if you're visiting. Yeah. So if you're a visitor, you can only go in what's called area 10, which is a very contained. It's still huge, of course, but we as locals can go outside of that area. But that's also nice because that creates a clear difference on what kind of trips you're allowed to do. And it's also very dangerous to go out into the terrain. So there are only trips within area 10. So if you were to go on outside, you know, it you require quite a lot of knowledge and it's, it's wild. You know, we drive over glaciers and down mountains. We need to know about, you know, avalanches. It scares me at the start of every season. I have nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so common for like for rescue people to just go up in the mountains with helicopters, even here in like Sweden, you know, people have no preparation like, oh, we're going to go on a hike and then they climb a mountain or something and they have no experience and they have to yeah. call in for ambulances or helicopters or it's so people underestimate yeah underestimating nature is not the smartest thing i would say no definitely not so that's good because since you can't leave the village without a gun that weeds out most people (laughs) like you cannot even leave on your own you know and most people when you have polar bears lurking around you know people will respect this (laughs) but has had there been accidents with the since everyone walking around with the gun has there been accidents or no um, so, well, we did have a bank, our first bank robbery. That was semi-exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that was like okay, three cool. years ago. It was shocking. But so a man walked into the bank with his gun, but we walk around with guns all the time. So there was that kind of, you know, but he wanted money and then I don't know what happened with that. Nobody got hurt. Very good. But generally with guns, there are no accidents. I can't even think of a single one. Um, where anybody has been hurt. I think it's because you need to, you know, you have to apply for it. Now you also have to do training and we take it so seriously. You know, it's a gun. Yeah, and it's also, I'm guessing if I'm generalizing a bit, if you compare it to the US, uh, for instance, like where you can carry a firearm or buy one in store, like you're buying one for a very specific purpose of protecting you against a specific animal. Uh, It's not like just, I want to protect against my neighbors and like you just want to feel cowboy texas style exactly i think also because it is to protect yourself you actually will learn how to shoot you will learn to take care of it because when you're out there and you're on your own with your gun if you don't know how to do it you yeah. know you're and not going to be safe <laughs> yeah. exactly it's you and your gun so i thought you were going to say are, have there been any polar bear accidents that's what i thought that's yeah but that's a, yeah like, that's a good oh. question too but i was yeah. more almost more interested about, about yes, the people so i think it was last year or the year before a man was killed on the camping grounds near town by a polar bear the person who wow, worked yeah. there yeah so that so it's very real you know i don't show many i haven't shown a polar bear in my videos in you know such a long time because Generally, when you see one, you're out snowmobiling, you don't pick up your camera. It's just no, either minus totally 40 degrees and you have to drive away from the polar bear. And also it's illegal to go seek one out. So I just don't focus anything on it. You know, you can't go and find one. But if we're out with our boat and you do see one, of course, that's the perfect. That is the ideal time to take a photo of one because you're far away and it's easy. 
But yeah, until I see one in a safe distance, I'll focus on taking a photo. Until then, no, not so much. And buy a very good zoom lens so you can like stand on a yeah. very, very far <laughs> distance and just feel a bit exactly. safe at least. But if we leave Svalbard for a few seconds, I'm curious about when you moved there, did you have a normal job or was YouTube a thing already then, seven years ago for you? Oh, interesting. No. So when I moved to Svalbard, I was living in Gothenburg. I spent most of my years growing up moving around. So when I was around 11 years old, my family moved us to Ireland, which is why you can hear a slight Irish accent. I kind of suppressed it during the years. So it comes out if I want it to come out. But people get so shocked that, you know, I kind of get like, oh, no, I won't. But if I go to Ireland, I will talk, you know, like a I miss it, though. I miss my Irish accent. But so I lived there. It's a lovely accent. It is. So I lived there for maybe three years. And that's how I learned like fluent English. You know, I was 11 years old, Swedish girl going into just in like Irish school. I knew nothing. Perfect for language. Yeah, very good for language. Do you know how quick you get fluent when you're in that age? Three months. Yeah, as a kid, it's insane. It's insane. After three months, we were all fluent doing all of the subjects. Really? Yes, it is crazy fast. I Yeah, so I'm very, very thankful for my parents who did that. I have two sisters as well. So we were three of us and we just loved life in Ireland. Then I'm doing, why am I doing the long story of this? I'll cut this short. That's not what you asked me. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> Back to everything else. So I was living in Gothenburg after moving around. I lived in Australia and I just kind of chased, you know, I don't know, something exciting. But so I wasn't doing YouTube. I didn't care about social media in general. You know, it wasn't something that was in my life at all. And then I moved to Svalbard and I bought a drone and that's how it all begun kind of. Ah, okay. Yeah. So did you have a camera before the drone or was the drone no. the starting point? Starting point. You started with a drone. Yes, I started okay. with a drone because I'm a very much a TV, like a PlayStation girl. I love video games. So I play video games my whole life. I love it. So I thought, oh, a drone could be fun. I didn't think about the camera aspect. I just wanted to fly it around and have fun. And then I realized when I got it up in the air how incredibly cool everything looked. And I was very early to have a drone. So when I started posting on Instagram, people were like, what? And also I was living on Svalbard. So I could show glaciers from above, you know, these crazy views. And that kind of got me, you know, a few followers and everything. But social media is brutal. <laughs> If you like, I notice if you want to not make it, but get a following, you have to be so consistent and do, I think I did proper graph for like two years before anything happened. It's kind of funny because I said to a friend about a week before I kind of went viral on TikTok that I kind of, you know, I'm over this now. I did my best, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to spend very much time on this anymore because, you know, I've given it two years. I'm a bit bored. And then I posted one TikTok on TikTok where I said I wasn't going to post and that went viral. And then my life changed. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Yes. It's so how just, many people saw that one? Uh, six million people over like two days. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh and I got 600,000 followers in one week. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I had okay, like that's four on TikTok. And then it was like my first proper TikTok. And I really, like I said the words to my friend, like TikTok's not for me. Like I don't get it. <laughs> and then I just posted a video <laughs> so of me walking in the polar night with the Northern Lights above me. And that just went crazy. And not like TikTok, going viral on TikTok, you would think is maybe not a big thing, but it's what, what else came with it. And that came a lot of media coverage. And since I think I was posting about something so different, it, people kind of stuck, you know? I already had Instagram. I had a YouTube that I just had started. So I had some content for people to go to. And boom, my life changed. Suddenly I had a new job. I could live off of YouTube, you know, within a few months. And it's crazy. Yeah. But I think a lot of people use TikTok for that today to like have it as a starting platform or Instagram even as in, on Reels to like build something because the algorithm is so much more pushier if you're lucky to go Definitely. go through it and then they then you go on to doing more long format on youtube that you can sustain yourself financially because that's not really possible on on tiktok no well you i mean you can get sponsorships and if you're in america you can yeah, but yeah, it's true. not yeah but i wouldn't say i make barely any money on tiktok at all and same on instagram i mean instagram wants you to pay them to be on there so <laughs> yeah it's, so it's my least favorite app i i don't like it 
But yeah, so TikTok is very good in that way. It will give you a lot of, I just love the platform. I think it's very fun. It's very now, you know, it's not the best content, like content wise, but that's kind of what I like it. It's very real. I post very just straight up phone content on there. And that's what I kind of use it for. It's a very just straight up platform. And then YouTube is way more cinematic because I love it. I love creating, you know, these videos where it's a feeling and yeah, it's, and a story and a... exactly. It's as much for yourself as a diary as it is for anything else, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I thought about that actually. I talked to a friend, a friend of mine, Stefan, yesterday that it's nice. To, it's going to be nice to have those videos in the future, like uh, YouTube-wise, as a as you said, a diary basically. But what actually what I would like to do. I'm probably not going to do it, but it would be fun to do. Just put up a camera on a normal day as well, like more of a... Oh, yeah. Because when we film, at least me, I do this. It's something I'm doing. I'm planting a fruit tree or I'm going to a festival or um, hiking the mountains, like something is happening. But a lot of the days I'm also just laying on the couch, like a very rough couch we have <laughs> with a blanket on and watching a shitty series on Netflix. <laughs> uh, and I do that for eight hours. Uh, or we have just a, you know, a, we're sitting in sweatpants and eating pancakes at the dinner table or arguing or like capturing everything else around it as well. Because I talked to my sister about that. We have a lot of our childhood filmed thanks to our dad. He filmed a lot. Uh, and I think that's thanks to him. I got into photography and everything like if I think back to it. But the funny thing is that again only filmed the uh, the birthdays the soccer games the like when something was happening but true but what about we everyday talking life? about it like exactly how did what we what did we talk about at the dinner table what, how was it to do homework at the at the dinner table together or yeah normal stuff so but how about why don't you make those kind of vlogs for your channel do you think it doesn't fit in or because i think i make a bit of those like i love it myself yeah, watching do. those yeah. vlogs so I'll just put up a camera and I'll do stuff. And I, I find that so comforting because when I watch it, it's like I'm hanging out with the person just doing regular stuff. So would you ever, do you think, post that on your channel? I bet you anything people would love it. <laughs> I'm very open to trying new things. Um, I'm, I know YouTube rewards you if you stick to your niche and do your thing, but I'm very much open to testing whatever, actually. I think it's uh, I'm just, worth it. Even though the, I posted a video two days ago um, where I decided to not have that much uh, voiceover. So I'd, we mm. I had like three chunks of content, basically. One where we went to a wedding and then one segment. Oh, I saw a bit of it. Family. I haven't seen the whole. I started this morning. Yeah. And the second segment was uh, her family coming up and the third one, uh, my family coming up. And then I just had a bit of a talk in between, like 30 seconds uh, or something. But the whole video was 20 minutes. And I was like, is this going to get boring? Because I've been as a content creator, as you know, like questioning yourself. We overthink absolutely running smoothly. everything. Yes. <laughs> to <laughs> exactly. an unreasonable amount. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to post it and see. Uh, I'm very proud of it myself and then see how it performs. Because my last, like for seven months almost, my video has really gone downhill in views um, because of, you know. Why do you think that is? I think it's because it's a um, non-popular opinion to say, but like the pandemic is quote unquote over in oh, 100%. restriction wise. I boomed wise, during the pandemic. Everybody was at home. Exactly. Prime time. That's the thing. And that's what a lot of content creators say to me as well, uh, that if you blew up during the pandemic, you're going to have a hard time understanding what's happening when it's now over. Oh, because yes. You, I don't you got content crisis. on on uh, steroids like yes yeah, like yes. it's it was insane i remember when my vi first video uh, went viral i was like this is insane like yeah. i'm earning it's i think crazy. i earned at the top for a few days i earned 500 dollars a day mm -hmm. on that video and i was like that was my first video that took off ever i didn't i wasn't even monetized when oh, that wait, video how long have blew you up. Uh, had your channel uh Two and a half years. Oh shit, we're almost ish. the same. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah. Oh. So it was kind of fascinating to me. Like I was panicking because, like, I just reached when it before it blew up. I had seven hundred subscribers, um, and then it just went to seventy thousand in you know a week or two. I don't know, really, really quickly. And then I was just panicking to for YouTube to approve me being monetized so I can add some ads on it. Yeah. I was like feeling that every 100,000 views I didn't get payment. Oh, gosh, I, like, I feel the on. stress of this <laughs> so bad. 
But isn't it also crazy to, yeah, to realize how much the algorithm actually has the power over everything? So if they just decided to push your videos, how, how different everything would be? But I think also, since we are so new, I realized that we don't know what fluctuations are in it. Like, we don't know. Like, I know that the December season or the winter is going to be my prime season. And dealing with, now I've been on an up season for a month as well. So I think it's all just like up and down. And I think also trying new things. I'm working with YouTube now in their partnership program, which is so interesting. And he really said, just switch it up with your thumbnails and go crazy and try different things. Like whether you feel like it fits your aesthetic or not, it's going to be difficult for your creative brain, but you just have to get over that beautiful thumbnail thing if it doesn't work. And that was the hardest for me because I look at, you know, Isabel Page, love her channel and, you know, Jona Yinton and everything. And I'm like, oh, for, for a moment, I thought, oh, I will do the same thing as they're doing, like inspired, but we're not the same channels at all. So I can't, you know, and it's that idea you have of what you're doing. And then you realize, but you don't have to be any certain mold. You can just go with what your channel is. And when I changed, when I changed out of that mindset, my thumbnails are performing so much better, which is also depressing that it's up to one thumbnail, but really just yeah. getting out of my own head <laughs> yeah. changed a lot. That's what I say to a lot of people. Like if you spend, you know, a week or two weeks on a video, you need to spend a lot of time on the thumbnail as well. Otherwise there's no point of posting. Yeah, definitely. I didn't do that before. And it's, yeah, I didn't do that before. And the change since I did that has been, I'd say 50% different in views. That's a oh, lot. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot. So what did you change? I made them more, I made them more like self-explanatory. That's what I did. I showed in the thumbnail, even though I like to have beautiful photos. I also looked at some of my favorites, like Karen and Nate, like what are they doing? And it, it can be simple, but it's, I generally put my face in and then something I'm showing. And then I said, you know, one easy thing lying on it in a good color. And then I also started looking at them super, super small. Because in the beginning, I would look at these big thumbnails that are the whole screen and I'm like, it looks beautiful. And then you make it small and you can't see anything. So I think that was also a big change, like just making them a lot more simple, but also very, you know what, what it's about with no clickbait. Like I try to stay away as far as I can from clickbait, but just like gathering attention without being fake, because I hate that. Well, because it's, you know, it's, it's a not fine good. balance, very fine balance. So I'm working on it, but I feel like I've made good strides in the right direction. <laughs> it's stressful though, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it really is. But I think the conclusion of what you said before was that you did it for almost two years and nothing happened. And then at some point it turned around. But I know, I don't know ex the exact number, but I think it's like 99 something uh, percent give up before they reach a exactly, thousand subscribers yeah. on YouTube because it just feels overwhelming. You can publish, you know, 80 videos and Definitely, nothing is happening. Nothing's happening. Um, so you really have to love it. And also when you get that upturn, like I had the TikTok go viral, go crazy, use it. So I was posting on YouTube and bringing those people there, but I also got a lot of media coverage and I think that helped a lot. So, but yeah, but also don't be afraid to, if you don't like after a while, like I was ready to give up. It, my life would have been different. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been worse. I don't think, you know, it just would have been different. Like social media, it's it's fun if you want to do it, but it's also a crazy world. It requires a lot of work nonstop. And I would think I was not I was not like prepared for how it would change me mentally. I've also I've always been very mentally strong, never had anxiety, that kind of thing. And then you get this pressure to perform and create stuff and creativity doesn't come like that. So I think it was the it, last winter was like a bit difficult for me but I definitely think it was worth it and everything, but it, it, you have to think about your well-being as well. It's not the most important thing, but it's also important, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it is a really fine balance, but how would you say all the numbers and the statistics and everything is affecting you? Oh, in the beginning it was brutal, but then I'm very vocal with my boyfriend, Christopher. So I'll go to him and I'm like, don't tell me about any comments on YouTube. Don't read a single <laughs> one. I don't want to hear it. It doesn't matter if it's good. It puts me in a weird headspace where I focus too much. So now I just post a video. I try to not look at it and I try to just go about my day and not let the numbers affect how I feel because I'm proud of the video. Like I love it. So I think now I've come to terms with just letting it flow. In the beginning, since it's also new, I think that's the whole thing. 
you don't know what to expect. It's also crazy how much you can earn in one day if one video goes well and you just focus on the wrong things. So now after maybe one year, I feel very comfortable with it all. Like, and I also employed my best friend as my manager. That is oh, nice. genius move for myself. I yeah. said, I can't do this. <laughs> I was just stressing about everything and she does easy things like just does my emails and stuff like that. And she's also my best friend. So I trust her with my whole life. So I think that was a huge difference in my just well-being. So what does she do? It's the emails and everything. What yeah. else? So she's in Sweden and she has my email. We made a business email where we go, everything has to go to that one uh, and just kind of talks to brands or sponsorships. And I talk to some myself, but mostly get all of that out of my way because it's very much to do in one day. It can be, you know, 40 emails and everybody, if you don't answer, they will email you 10 times. Yes. Yeah. Hi, I just want to get back to you the third <laughs> time and just check yeah. if I'm Have you like, missed this no. great opportunity? You will love this. And it's like, but I don't want to exactly. sell soap. Like, like I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think just, I really try to focus on getting back to what my life was before, which is like today, getting up, reading a book, you know, having my coffee and not even looking at my phone. I, yeah, I became a bit obsessed, I could definitely say. But now I feel so much more centered. But it, it is overwhelming. It's kind of like you go viral and then everything becomes so big for a moment, even though it's all in your phone, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is real, at, but at the same time, just made up. Yeah, Like it's exactly. a very weird thing to grasp. Like for me to stand out here, for me, it's no difference. I'll still live in a cabin and I will still post the videos if no one was watching. But now that I know those hundred thousand people are watching does that change how i do the content what is happening like but i think it's uh, i talked to isabel page a, uh, a few weeks ago uh, on the podcast as well uh, actually twice we're gonna do it a third time because the podcast gods hate hates us really? um yeah <laughs> we did one interview and then uh, she lost the files uh, <laughs> and no. then I, I i also i fucked up on my end as well and then the second interview just just uh, an hour in you complete the diet because her wife just shut off so now we're gonna do it the third time oh my gosh uh, <laughs> kidding that's crazy yeah it's gonna be a very long interview because i'm gonna stitch it all together so but what she said that really really stuck with me is that she has stopped actually she uploads a video and then she just carries on yeah that's she what doesn't I go she about. doesn't go on youtube studio she doesn't read comments because the reason is she likes to see it as she creates a video for her mom or herself. Like she just put it up there. And if someone gets any value from it, perfect. Uh, but she doesn't want to read, even if the comments are amazing. It's not healthy getting thousands of pe uh, just pep talks either. Like yeah. you get a bit delusional. I think yeah, definitely. I've been thinking about if you say um, child actresses or something, like if you're eight, eight years old, or if you say, I don't know, um, say Justin Bieber he was maybe mm -hmm. 12 when he blew up getting that kind of attention when you're 10 or 12 is gonna fuck with your head if you're not really careful yeah I don't understand how people like in Hollywood live that's all I can say I was shocked by what kind of attention Drugs. you get <laughs> yeah I mean th this is not normal like I will walk down the street now in Nongibin and I will have people stop me and that's completely fine it's not a lot it's a few and I'm like that's very cute and it's very nice but imagine living in that world where you don't have a second of your own time you don't have your own but also the comments I get I'd say 99% positives, but the negatives, they shine so bright. Why is, I don't understand what is wrong with our brains, but also it's, I just can't imagine people who get a lot of negative because they have opinions that people don't like, or they look a different way. You know, I just find it a bit crazy. So I think Isabel is doing something very smart there. That's exactly what I've tried to do as well. I will check in after a while. My, you know, I just try to not look at the comments. I will reply if I'm in a good space. And if I'm not in a good space and I feel like, no, I have other things to do. I just I can't, you know, I can't put the focus on it because it, it drives you a bit crazy. Also, it kind of ruins your creative process, I realize. It really does. You know, does. I have this idea, yeah, of what I want to do. And then I read a comment saying something different. And you're like, what, you don't want this? It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's the same thing with the video I uploaded we started talking about that my video I uploaded two days ago that the wedding slash my family thing I was worried that's gonna be boring um, and now that's how we started this whole conversation but now it's my best performing video in seven months oh my gosh like, isn't that crazy okay and it's like why I'm completely silent and just 
nature shots and like it's beautiful absolutely but i feel there's like no real pushy story and you need to something happening all the time and it's like but again now those numbers is going to switch my opinion in my head a bit like oh mm -hmm. i need Should to I do, do more of those videos exactly and that's not healthy either so i usually just go in see that the thumbnail is performing okay uh, just so nothing is just like completely tanking um and then I usually reply for a few comments in the first hour or two. And then I just back off because I know the fans are there in the beginning and I would like to say hi to them. And then I can back off. Yeah. If I, I always, if I can, and I feel like I'm up for it mentally, I will always, you know, answer to those people who are there and give you so much, you know, nice comments because it is so, so nice of them, you know. But imagine if YouTube didn't rank your videos, how much better would you feel? Oh my God, it was so be oh, it's a completely different game. Yeah. If like, they just didn't rank them, they're like, lovely, great job. You put up another video. High five. Exactly. And then they're like, That's go about it. your yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. And now <laughs> it's like, you go in this? and like, you suck. Yeah. You haven't uploaded in 24 hours. What's wrong with exactly. you? Exactly. They're one like, more, nine more, out of more. 10. This is shit. You're like, what? <laughs> so I think, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a mind game. I don't know. It's... How do you balance what you share and what you don't share? Because I think that's interesting with content creators. Like, because we do actively hit record in some instances instances and some we don't so what do you what do you choose on what's going go on youtube and not not so i never actually plan today i'm going to record which is why i look the way i do in my videos and i laugh about it sometimes i edit the videos and i'm like what <laughs> that's also the my charm of just the real like i don't get ready to film i just film so i think i'm protective of christopher my boyfriend People always say, oh, he's so boring. And I'm like, it's because he, he, this is my <laughs> channel. That. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, this, he is something else off camera. And it doesn't bother me and it doesn't bother him because I told him, get ready for comments of us, you know. But so I think I'm very protective of him because at the end of the day, it is my channel. If that makes sense. It isn't his. So I will share all like much of me, but not as much of him. But I think there's a very fine line in being private and being personal. I'd say I'm very much personal, but I'm very private. I don't share a lot of opinions because I just don't need, feel the need to. I don't, I'm not an advocate of anything really more than maybe loving nature and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel what I want to create on my channel is a safe space, definitely, and somewhere to go to de-stress. And there are plenty of other places to go for opinions and stuff like that. So I think I, and I don't like actively think of what to not share and what I just generally feel comfortable sharing what I do, I think. Yeah. And you're also in charge of the editing. So you know what's goes up and not. So exactly. Yeah. So in that sense. I love the editing part. That's like half of the fun. It's also half of like 90% of the work, but it is where you create this masterpiece of yours, you know? I think that's also why we take it so personal if something doesn't go the way we want because we've spent so much time on it. But yeah, but I think I've just, I don't know. I just, I don't really think about it. I try to share as much as I can to be real and honest, but that's, I don't know where I draw the line really. Yeah, it's hard to know until you actually hit the, the line. Like we, I say, usually say that I can easily say that we argue online. I can speak about that we that we argue, but I'd never share that what we argue about, of course, no, because that's yeah. no one's business. But for some reason, as you said, opinions, people really want to know what you think about stuff. Like, what are you voting on? Like, what is your view on the Ukraine Ukraine war? I was like, I don't have an opinion. Exactly. Um, there, there's no opinion to be had on here. Like Exactly. And it's not my, like, why are you asking me? I'm just a dude in the forest. Exactly. And I think it's kind of nice to just decide whether or not you want to be opinionated. For me, I'm not a person who has a lot. Like, I do have opinions, but I'm not an advocate, like I said, for anything. I Like, of course, basic things. We want world peace and a greener climate. <laughs> you know, we don't want climate change. Yeah, exactly. You know, we want all of these things, but I don't also... I don't know enough to talk on the subject. I think that is the most important one. When people say, you should do a video about climate change, but for God's sake, I don't know anything proper about it. I can only repeat media and that's not gonna make for a video. And I don't wanna sit here and pretend I know stuff that I don't. So I'll just, you know, continue drinking coffee in my cabin and provide you with a peaceful kind of escape for a few hours or for a few minutes. And that's kind of where I, at the moment, draw the line. <laughs> I'll share life stories and, you know, grim and everything like that. But 
for opinions, just not here. That's kind of interesting because since you mentioned uh, mentioned climate change, I did a, like a poll on on YouTube or sorry on Instagram where what I should ask you, uh, and sixty percent of the questions what about was about climate change. But How I don't understand what I would know about it. Of course, you know, <laughs> I'm just like a general girl living here. And of course, I just know what everybody else knows. There's no secret information on Svalbard that Svalbard people know. All that I know is that, yes, when I moved here, the glacier that's in the village was bigger. It's not as big seven years later. Can I say Common that knowledge. that is, yeah, can I say that that is normal melting, that it is part of climate change, that it's, I have no idea. I'm going to assume it's climate change, but I really don't know, you know, and we don't really talk about it that much up here more than the same movement as across the world we hope to stop climate change we try to do our best to be kind to the climate but i have nothing to i don't know <laughs> yeah but it's funny that we have these like i i usually get those i do live streams here and there on my youtube channel as well um yes it's a fun thing to communicate with people but that's that's the same thing there people are very like just jump into the the feeling of like oh now we have the opportunity to, to just ask this weird question like climate or how do you feel about the uh, I don't know deforestation that's the only thing I'm, I think I'm gonna ever talk about on my channel because that makes me a bit pissed off uh, like I can not at this very moment it's quite uh, quiet but sometimes I can literally hear the machines around in the forest and then getting closer just cutting down the forest um, so that I'm gonna I have an opinion about that but it's really hard like I know a lot of my followers are also pro that because they work in that industry. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, it's going to be interesting to share that video one day because it's going to be a hell shitstorm in the comments. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to upload and then run away. Exactly. Just, just okay. <laughs> I don't exist. But that's what I mean. It's not that we don't have the opinion. It's not that we are like not fighting for a certain cause. It's just that we, if I don't work with the subject, I don't feel like I'm the one to speak about it. That's if I was a pro about it. Sure. Exactly. That's my point. Like, before I'm going to make this video, I'm going to do a ton of research, you know, watch documentaries, call people just to gather so much information as I can and still tell in the video, I'm no expert. This is what I know as on a personal level. And this is my opinion. Um, just bring it down way, way down. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's of course going to be an interesting video and it's always good to highlight something and just do it the way you do it. If you can find the information, go right ahead, you know. But for me, like Svalbard, climate change is going to be everywhere. People are writing about it. But I would say just, you know, I cannot share anything on the subject that you wouldn't already find online because that's where I would find the information. And also there's just, it's such a big subject. Where would I begin? Extremely big. Yeah, exactly. And you're not a climate scientist. You're no. a YouTuber and a content creator. Exactly. I always, uh, I always send people to a girl called Line Nagel Ulvisåker. She is Norwegian. She's made a book, wrote a book about my world is melting. Ah, and that perfect. is the holy grail for you all. She lives on Svalbard. She's made about Svalbard. She's the person to talk on this. So I always just go buy her book. There you get your answer. <laughs> and because I also cannot sit here and read her book that would be stealing everything she's done, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So for her, that's what I try to do. Just go buy her book. It's amazing. It tells you everything. And yeah, it's an important subject, but I'm not the expert. I can only speak of Grim being fluffy and me loving coffee. <laughs> and coffee and books and yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I think uh, you're going to be the, the perfect person to ask this question. I usually end up with saying like, what is your true north? And you're the most northern person I've ever talked to, I think. Um, do you understand the question, what I mean? No. Queen with true north? Elaborate. I would translate it to life purpose if that makes more sense uh what what is guiding you through life what is in, inspiring you um what is making you go up in the morning from a very comfortable bed Ooh, do you know what it is <laughs> i think besides the, coffee and besides coffee <laughs> i just basically want to be happy and i think this is the most basic answer ever I've never had this, I need to have a job like this. I need to do, fulfill this in life. I just kind of want to cruise around and be happy. And my, and I've always put also my, my happiness into small things. I think that is my biggest life hack in life. I will get un, like unreasonably excited about my coffee, you know, like, whoa, yay, another day, another coffee. 
When I walk out with Grim, I see his fluff. It will make me like emotionally happy because I'm so happy that he's so cute. So I think just finding happiness in the smallest things helps you get through your day in a very, you know, happy state. And life isn't always happy. We know that there's struggles, but therefore just focus on the small things that do make you happy to get you through the everyday life, wherever you are. So I think I would definitely just say, I don't know, just the small things in life. And living in a place like this helps me 100% find that happiness. Away from a very different world, we live in a very different place, you know? And yeah. yeah, yeah but it's, I, I think that's a very good thing to say that I think it's very cliche, but it's outside of your comfort zone where develop, development is happening. And I think like, I, uh, oh, not just I, but we as people, like we are quite convenient and we're just like comfortable. We mm -hmm. like comfort, feel safe. And if something is pushing us, us um, out from that, it's get a bit like, ooh, this is, ooh, okay, this is a bit scary. Or the same thing with the, say, why, the reason I bought Huskies. Like, mm -hmm. I like to exercise. I like, I love to run. But I'm also a very lazy person. I love my oh couch. Oh my gosh, equally. you bought the biggest motivator in life. A freaking... Exactly. Un, like an, I can't ignore it. <laughs> yeah. A husky that She's hasn't run. in my face. Holy moly. Not a fun thing. No, <laughs> no. exactly. They're, they're on me. And this summer, it has been uh, actually really hot here. So they've been really calm. And now, this last week, is just cooled down way, way, way. And now they're on like cocaine. They're just <laughs> running so much. It's insane. What are their names? Uh, Tus and Nala. Tus and Nala. Is it two girls? Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. You have a, you have three women in your house? <sighs> yes, I do. How it's is it having easy. girl dogs? Because they have to have their period. And I feel like I have my period. I wouldn't want my dog out there. It's enough work. Yeah, and they have it for, you know, weeks. Like, Stop. Uh, this is too much work. Moody dogs. Oh, well. But they're very cute and they're beautiful. Yeah. But this, it's not fun to be around when the three are three of them are syncing up at the exact same time. <laughs> then I'm just like, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> See, that's why I have a boy dog. He's very much loving all the time. He has, well, the, well then the women dogs go in heat and he acts like a complete asshole for also weeks. Yeah, like he a howls. Deal, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just get any dog. There will be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's like... I like people or people, things that drag me out of that zone. Like you just said, like chasing the happiness thing. Uh, yeah, you will be maybe more comfortable with, say, uh, a job that is in YouTube because you know how much you're going to get paid every month. Uh, that's nice to have. But I would rather change, I would never change it compared to like, yeah, it's a bit stressful during, say, this period now when I'm not earning that much uh, compared to, say, winter. Like, then it's all fun and games. Uh, <laughs> but summertime, I can, I would never still change it, even though it makes me uncomfortable and scary. Yeah, definitely don't feel lonely, though. There, I've, I've asked this to some of my YouTube friends. I have, like, one YouTube friend. Because <laughs> you have nobody <laughs> to ask. This is also the most lonely business ever. You're on your own. And I said, is this normal? And they're like, oh, it is so normal. Don't even stress. This is what it's about. They've done this for seven years. So I think also... We need to learn how to chill, you and I. <laughs> we need to just yeah. and it's try a, to settle. And it's a new kind of work as well. So it's hard. Like, there's no real fact about it yet. How to, like, be a content creator. No. no so that's a bit tricky. Yeah. But I think, like you said, it's the most amazing work in one way. But it, I don't think it suits everybody. But out of your comfort zone is my... That's where I thrive. I will put myself out of my comfort zone as often as I can in a week. But because it's it's so much fun, isn't it? What? Okay, this is gonna be. I'm not even a star sign person, but what star sign are you? Because people are saying this is a Scorpio trait, trait, and I'm a Scorpio. Oh, okay. I'm not. I'm twin. I don't even know what that is, but <laughs> what one says? <laughs> I have no idea either. Yeah. Okay. Good. Astrology is, is not our thing. But now no. you guys know. Now you can tell Khaled if he is a typical twin. Exactly. Because I think Bombard I'm a typical. On, on Instagram. Exactly. I think I'm a typical Scorpio from what I've gathered. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I know my uh, Christina's sister is very much into this, and she reads. If you just tell her a bit of numbers and times and everything, she can tell you her. Oh, it's like life human story. design. I think it's, but it is incredibly fascinating. I can spend hours reading it. I remember nothing, but I'm very invested in, in the moment. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting. Is this something you would like to recommend? 
Oh, recommend. Okay, I want to, first of all, I want to recommend the book Stoner by John Edward Williams. It's the best book I've ever read. It's from the 60s, but it was kind of picked up later. And it's top three books I've ever read. And it's sad, beautiful, and funny, and amazing at the same time. And I just always say, you've got to read this. Even if you're not Stoner. a reader. I've never heard about it. It's amazing. And it's not about a man called Stoner. So it's not anything to do with drugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good to clarify. Yes. And after that? I, if you feel like having something more, absolutely. I mean... <laughs> Um, I think that's my recommendation. I can't think of anything else. Drink coffee. If you don't drink coffee, drink tea. <laughs> what else? What do people usually recommend? Oh, it's been everything from like um, inspirational quotes to books to other podcasts. Um, but that's the same. You also did a recommendation on saying seeking the discomfort thing, like seeking the happiness of the day. That's a recommendation of its own, of its own, I would say. Definitely. But also, so I think good. yeah, I think I'm good. I got it. <laughs> yeah, you were very quick with the book. So it was like yeah, people it's... usually like, oh, I need to think about this. You were like stoner, 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 stoner. stoner. But I felt like that is a good recommendation. <laughs> I and I everybody who reads it say they love it. So I'm thinking yeah, it could give somebody something because it's like one of those stories where it's sad, but it also has a meaning to it. But you you kind of have to think about it. You know, it's just a beautiful book. I think you should read it. It's also not very big, so it's very easy to get through. It's not like Shantaram. Have you read that? No, oh yeah. Amazing while, book, but yeah, but yeah it, it takes you a lot of brain. <laughs> yeah, it really does. But thank you so much for coming on all the way oh, from Svalbard and talking me. to me. This was so much fun. And to meet you is also the way we can just feel like we're buddies is hilarious. You know? <laughs> it is really fun, actually. For people that want to check out your content, where do they go? Oh, they go to YouTube. It's Cecilia Blomdahl. And then I'm Cecilia, very fitting name. It's my own gamer tag that I kept on Instagram. Ah, I'm just stuck why. with this okay. now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People are like, is that your normal spelling? I'm like, no, it's my gamer tag from <laughs> when I was 14. So yeah. yeah, you'll probably have to put that somewhere because I can't spell it. But Cecilia Blomdahl, you can search for on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. I think that's it. Maybe podcast in the future. It's my dream. Yeah, hope so. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon again, I guess. Yes. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if this was your first time hearing my voice, maybe you came here from Cecilia's channels. I just want to tell you that I also run my very own YouTube channel. It's a channel where I share our lives here in the forest in Norden, Sweden. We live in a small little cabin in the forest with my girlfriend, Christine, and our two huskies, Tuss and Nala. So feel free to check that out. There's a link down in the description. And if you like this podcast episode, which I guess you do, because you're still here at the very end of the podcast episode, if you liked it, I will be very happy if you can share it online on Facebook, Instagram, or wherever you're hanging out, because that gets the word out on the podcast, and I get to do more of these episodes. So that would really mean a lot to me. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk soon again. Bye for now.